Well, welcome back. Welcome anew to the Further Faster podcast. I'm Joseph McClendon III, and I am elated to be here with you today to help you do what the name implies, which is to go further faster and become more wealthy. And around here, wealthy means to be healthy, happy, and financially abundant. And so I'll start things off by saying this, that one of my earliest mentors, one of my first mentors is Jim Rohn. And Jim said something that really kind of changed my life and the way that I go about things. He said, if you can't see what I see, borrow my glasses. Meaning that if there's somebody else that's doing what you want to do, you want to excel at, and you don't have the foresight or even the hindsight that they have, pick their brain, be around them, learn from them. And there's no better time, even though we usually try to keep this show evergreen, but there's a new year coming up here real shortly. And there's no better time to borrow the glasses of somebody that has not only been there, done that, but one of the leaders in terms of business, in terms of finances. My guest today is actually returning. His name is is Jay Abraham. So grab a pad and pencil because you're going to want to take some notes on this and get yourself prepared for the new year coming up. I'll be right back with Jay Abraham. Well, welcome back. Welcome back. My guest today is Jay Abraham. And to say that this man is brilliant at what he does in terms of being a marketing consultant and business consultant is kind of like calling the Grand Canyon a divot in in a golf course. (laughs) And seriously, though, this man, Jay, He's known as the $21.7 billion man. He's one of the highest paid marketing consultants and business consultants in the world. And he's the founder of the, and CEO of the Abraham Group. And he's spent for this, his entire career, really, helping companies solve problems and fixing underperforming businesses. And he has in significantly, significantly increased the bottom line of over 10,000 clients and more than 1,000 different industries around the world and over 7,200 industries worldwide. And he's dealt with virtually every type of business scenario from small business to medium to big business, Fortune 500s, everything you name it around the world. And he's studied and solved almost every type of business question or challenge opportunity that exists. There is nobody's, nobody's better glasses to borrow than this man. I've known him for close to three decades, if not no, not more. And in that time, his advice has helped me go further faster as well as thousands, if not millions of other people and so welcome back to the show, Jay. <laughs> Joseph, thank you. What a treat. I have enjoyed your friendship and, uh, and your, uh, the high level, uh, the high standard of achievement and, and possibility thinking you've stood for for the 30 years or so we've known each other. What a privilege to be back. I'm here and ready to serve. Yeah, and that's that's what you do best as far as I'm concerned. And I wasn't quite finished flattering you. <laughs> and that is, you're one of the smartest people that I know. Jay is is an intellect, but an intellect that is useful. You know how a lot of people are intellectual and they keep that, they're smart, you know they're smart, but this guy's figured out how to get this across to everybody. And so, uh, Jay, the first of all, thanks for showing back up again, because this is our second time on the Further Faster show. And I wanted to talk about some of the insights and some of the things that you see coming up for this new year coming up. Because again, barring somebody's glasses that has been there, done that, you know, 
you and I have both been on this planet for a little while. Maybe give us a little bit more about you and maybe a little bit about more about some of the things that you see for business and things that are coming up. Sure. So, I mean, it's helpful for your audience, if they uh, don't mind the redundancy, to have a little context about what my particular, I guess, skill set entails. And it's quite accidental. But over the course of a career, I've had the unimaginably good fortune to have active roles in over a thousand industries, not businesses. And I've done it over eight downturns. So, I mean, it shows my age, but it also shows the depth and the breadth of understanding that I've been able to unexpectedly acquire and distill into some, you know, some distinctions. And I don't have my PowerPoint notes in front of me, but we have, you know, we sold out uh, 20 years ago, the last recession, 25 years ago, a thousand dollar book called Recession Proofing Your Business. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. all about how to capitalize on a downward market and not let the market uh, head, you know, hand you your head. But, uh, you know, I think, first of all, that I've had the very great ability to see all kinds of alternative ways of growing a business, business model, strategy, marketing, distribution channels, uh, uh, positioning, uh, value creation, competitive advantage, joint venture, uh, also how to reclaim sunk cost investment and people time opportunity advertising and it's given me a pretty unique context of understanding uh that's just the background so that i can speak from a pretty expansive but a pretty empirically uh valid understanding and you made a great point about people having um foresight or hindsight but also insight and i think Mm -hmm that today you need to master or the integration of all of them. And there's this wonderful book, which you might have read. I actually don't read as many books as I should, but the one that I did read uh, a couple of years ago that really impacted me because it spoke to me was called Range, R-A-N-G-E. Yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. And the premise is the people that will own uh, the next 10 years or so are going to be the people that have the most expansive understanding of many things, not necessarily everything, but the ones that come from a historic perspective in one role or one business or one job are going to be disadvantaged because yesterday is not today and it's not tomorrow. Uh, so just some background. And I've been very blessed because I have a, I'm ADD big time and I'm a mad scientist and I've had a hopeless curiosity, which has allowed me to, to be interested in anything I could really be exposed to and it's given me wildly expansive context of understanding so that's a background but in addressing your question what do i see uh for the future i mean you're saying what do i see for literally uh what is it 10 days from today um yeah exactly (laughs) i see uh, a lot of i see a lot of shifts i see companies having to rethink their positioning. I see consumers either uh, actually or psychologically becoming much more tentative about making commitments, decisions, expenditures. I see people shifting dramatically from positivity to at best uh, neutrality, if not negativity. Yes. I see 
a lot of things that have been very, very, uh, uh, just uh, very, very robust, getting very constrained. I, I do a lot of work even with uh, the dental community, which is a pretty stable business, but a lot of dentists make a lot of money on elective procedures, uh, yes. cosmetics, implants. And over the last few years, it's been very easy to do that. There have been uh, companies like Care Credit, which are owned, I don't know who owns it now, it was GE Credit, but I'm sure they sold it. And they've made it very easy to have very expensive 20, 30, $50,000 procedures uh, made available and me pay you know, $200 a month. But now with interest rates up and people afraid of credit risks, you're seeing uh, very, very much more expensive, very much harder to get that approved. You obviously know the changes that are going on in the real estate market. I had no doubt. The, the fascinating privilege about, a, I don't know, two weeks ago of literally being in uh, a very high level. It wasn't really a mastermind. It was a brain trust of people uh, that were dealing with the highest level uh, residential real estate brokers and agents. So we were trying to look at the future. And as of a week or two ago, everything was at a stalemate. Uh, yes. Potential sellers were tentative about wanting to sell because they still thought their houses were worth prices from nine months ago, number one. Number two, they didn't want to sell at, at, at a house that had a 2% mortgage to buy another one that had a 7% mortgage. Secondly, if they didn't sell, they didn't want to pay capital gains on it. And also, the now the buyers that had all this appreciated money in their investment funds don't have it anymore number one number two what they could buy you know a lovely home at a two percent mortgage is now an average home at a seven percent mortgage uh it used to be I, I have a car uh client a very large one the largest honda acura dealer in the world not in the united states in the world and they were telling me that and they use an example it wasn't a honda they said an audi a4 you used to be able to either buy camera was buy or lease for four fifty a month. Now it's seven fifty, and the person for yeah. four fifty is not the person that can afford seven fifty. So I mean, you have to reconcile with that. You have to be able to make very stronger cases for the reason why. And one of the most universal wonder drugs in marketing, selling, business success that I've ever learned are the phrases "the reason why." And you're going to have to be much more mm -hmm. mad in uh, being able to convey the reason why somebody should not just do business with you, but buy your product or buy the product from anyone because people are going to be rethinking more and more every decision, every dollar. They're going to worry about parting with money. They're going to worry about alternative ways they could have spent it, other sources, other alternative solutions. And you're going to have to win Mindshare much, much more uh, masterfully, competitively, and permanently because people go from contemplation, interest, possible commitment, tentative commitment. And if you're playing a game that's more than one transaction, just getting that first sale isn't going to be enough. You're going to have to hold a tight right. qualitative tether to them. Uh, you're going to have to have a lot more partnerships than ever before but the good news is partnerships joint ventures 
uh, strategic alliances, co-branding, becoming recommended providers should be much easier in a challenging economy because everyone's going to be caught trying to figure out how to grow more profit sales and they're going to be much more open, but you're going to have to find people that already have a sunk cost, credible in, uh, relationship with the same profile buyer prospect that you want. And they're going to have to be able, you're going to be have to, excuse me, to persuade them to collaborate with you. It's a very lucrative uh, way to really deal, but you're going to have to do that. I, I've done a lot of research. And if you look at every uh, downward market, the companies that, preserved capital, but concurrently took a more offensive stance than a defensive, always mm. outperformed the ones that really pulled uh, pulled back. In a downward market, Joseph, the tendency of most uh, reactive and tactically minded, linear minded entrepreneurs is to cut services, to uh, reduce quality, to uh, stop marketing, to uh, jettison the the top people that are the talent that are really the key. And all of that is a mistake. But when that happens, it gives you, if you don't do that, great opportunity and advantage. Because if you do not cut quality and services, you go the other way. If you understand that talent that gets gets basically uh, uh, terminated, is available one of three ways. You can hire them at a lesser fixed price if they're on the market and don't have a job and give them upside that's tied to performance. Or if you don't hire them, a lot of the, this is the most hilarious thing in the world. A lot of small, medium, and even large companies don't realize that the salespeople or the biz dev people or the account management people are the ones that have the trusted relationship with the decision makers and the people that are on big salaries or seem redundant are the ones that get terminated. Mm-hmm. And yet, if they don't go into the same field, that relationship that they have built is a sunk cost. They have no way to monetize. If you find these people and you can find them on LinkedIn and you say, look, you have all these relationships with these people. If I can persuade you that our company, our product, our service is a better choice for them than the one you just left, can you, would you introduce us? And if anybody becomes a client, we'll give you a perpetual share. You can basically own, I've done that many times with my clients, uh, in a downward market, many advertising um, medias uh, or mediums are, are more advantageous, but you have to make your marketing much better. You can't afford the luxury of ineffective marketing, of of uh, of low quality leads and um, and low yielding conversion approaches or offers and low uh, and low producing sales approaches. You can do that in a market when people are sort of buying in spite. It, it, the, the past markets, the good markets, Joseph, remind me when my children, a lot of children, when they were young, I took them to a fish hatchery. You can go to a fish hatchery and it is literally, you know, shooting fish in a barrel. You can throw a a line with a hook and nothing on it in this, you know, this highly populous little little pond of fish and you'll get a bite even if you have nothing on the hook. Right. That's yesterday. It's not today. So you've got to understand your marketing mess your 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 targeting has to be much more effective. 
You can't just target anyone. You can't afford the luxury because response is going to be down. Quality response is going to be down. So you're going to have to learn how to compensate. If you have the money, you're going to have to now invest in higher quality talent, uh, uh, consultants, ad, ad, ad experts, uh, uh, marketing, copywriters that can help you. If you can't afford it, you're going to have to invest in better training. You're going to have to make your ads more compelling. You're going to have to make your targets more uh, more laser-like and and uh, and and on point. You're going to have to make your offers more compelling. If it's a lead generation, you're going to have to make your conversion process more effective. If you sell at point of contact, but you have other things to sell, you're going to have to make the upsell or the resell much more strategic. If you have nothing else to sell, you're going to have to find other partnering products or services to offer because you're going to have a larger acquisition cost for your leads and your and your um, buyers than you had yesterday and, and the day before. If your business has been generated by a um, a referral word of mouth, but you've never had proactive referral generating systems or strategies, it's time to master them. We know of about 125 ways to do it. Most people don't have one way, but a referral generated word of mouth stimulated buyer is going to be the most desirable. They are already have trust and, and credibility for you. I mean, you have trust and credibility in their they're, they're a mind, they are ready to buy, they negotiate less, they buy quicker, um, larger units more frequently, they cost you nothing to acquire and they refer more people and they're normally more enjoyable. But you have to decide you're gonna take that strategically more, more seriously. I can go on and on, but there's just a data dump of a few things. Wow, and as usual, this type of insight is, is so critical for those of us that kind of do things as normal. I like what you what you talked about in terms of uh, the book range, because that really is the way things are going to be. And this range that you just gave us right here is absolutely brilliant. One of the things that uh, you had said before, and, you know, my mom used to always say that this too shall pass. You've been through, you said, eight downturns. And when a downturn happens, as it's happening now again, and like you said, most people are going to pull back. They're going to do things that are in defense and, and out of scarcity versus, like you said, those of us that are offensive and do something and all that list of things that you just said right there. That's the way that you go further faster. That is the way that you're going to be able to capitalize on that. And I know you have hundreds of different strategies. One of the great things about Jay here is, is he's not just, you know, spouting this information. He's got strategies and processes to help you do that as well. We're going to take a break here shortly, but when we come back, maybe Jay, you can share with us a little bit, maybe one or two of those things or some other things that you do with regard to how to go further faster. So grab yourselves a glass of water or something. We'll be right back with Jay Abraham. Enjoying this episode on Angel Phoenix Productions Podcast Network. To explore a complete lineup of quality programs and media production services, head on over to angelphoenix.com or like our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Angel Phoenix Productions.
Oh, welcome back. Welcome back to the Further Faster Podcast. I'm Joseph McClendon III, and I am on with Jay Abraham the first. <laughs> and before we left on the break, we were, he gave us some insight as to what's happening right now and what's coming up as well. So, and I said to him, Jay, you got the microphone. You just run with us. And um, as well, Jay has lots of different strategies for people. So whether you're a small business, whether you are a big business or medium business, anything in between, all of this stuff, in, as far as I'm concerned, is applicable. And so, Jay, share with us a little bit more and maybe share with us some of the things that people can do you know, right now to start taking advantage of uh, what is getting ready to come up. Sure. So, I mean, uh, the the... Unless unless everyone is wrong, we are going to go into some level of recession. It could be modest, it could be medium, it could be uh, traumatic, and nobody knows. So you have to have a fluid hedge strategy. And um, there's if you understand a hedge fund, a true hedge fund that is successful has a duality of uh, of uh, of goals. One is asymmetric upside, outsized top performance, de-risking the down. And the way to do that is understand that most people uh, don't have a clue how to do things successfully. We have a, and I don't have it in front of me to remember even, I've got so many categories that I don't remember unless I look at my uh, my you know cheat sheet, but we have uh, a, one of our categories of the 14 strategy pillars. And these are things you wanna basically incorporate into everyday thinking. And one of it is make, making success a factor in everything you do. And that sounds so axiomatic, but most people do not. If you look at what the, they do, it makes no sense. When Tony and I do interventions together for his plat day, the first thing that I do, Tony tends to sometimes start and I'll stop everybody, not criticizing him, and I'll say, wait, let's verify the assumption that your problem question and that our response is based on because if the assumption is wrong, everything that then the whole thing is wrong. And just just for clarity, let me jump in for a second. For those of you that don't know, our business partner and the person that we've been working with, the person he's referring to is Tony Robbins, and yeah. uh, he does. Uh, we do seminars and workshops together, and and uh, Jay is. Uh, the person that is in there and and will, like he said, stop it and go. Wait a minute, let's get let's get a, a, a foothold on what everything means. Yeah, and um, and and so I think the point I was going to make was you have to really verify your assumptions because the mm -hmm. assumption people have is that they've really built their business successfully. When as most people, I I, I have uh, most people are stuck. We had a book that we uh, we sold years ago. It was called the Sticking Point Solution. It isolated mm -hmm. nine of the most critical ways people are stuck and and at least they they acknowledge it and what to do to get unstuck but there was a corollary you could be successfully stuck and not know it accepting what seems like above industry or market performance when in fact the time the effort the opportunity the capital human capital relational capital intellectual capital um, could have produced an enormous amount more now and residually ongoing if you knew how to do things different. Now I'm tying this to what I said. Most people who are small, medium entrepreneurs, business owners, startups, don't have a clue how to harness absolute advantage and success. And you have to study that because 
you can't afford to mis-execute in a downward market. It's too no dangerous. I mean, yes. you, you just, I mean, it's a slippery slope. And what, what got you here, there's a book by Marshall Goldsmith, and it's more sophisticated. He's a very uh, successful uh, corporate executive coach, but he had a book called What Got You Here Won't Take Get You There. Won't take you, yeah. Get yeah. You, whatever it is. I know the book. Yeah. It's for you guys and girls, because you're going to have to question the fact that if your business has paid you a decent or a good living up till today, it may not tomorrow unless you shift dramatically the way you look at it, think about it, act, transact. What I try to do right away is say, okay, let's look at, I mean, when I work with a private company, I break it into two parts, Joseph. Part one is called maximizing. Part two is called multiplying, for lack of a better word. Maximizing means everybody has what I call a a, pardon me, a revenue system. They don't always know it, but it is the mechanism, the integrated mechanism that's generated their revenue. And it could be a proactive, a reactive, a, a conscious, a subconscious, a implicit, explicit. It could just be word of mouth that as God, it could be that they have a good location in a retail. It could be that any of a number of things, but the first thing is identify understand and challenge your revenue system mm -hmm. what we do is we look at every impact factor or lever in an existing revenue system and we don't question in the beginning whether that system is the right or wrong one because it's been driving your business what we do first because you have it's going on we try to make every facet in whatever you're doing do more and it's the 10 10 10 tony teaches right. Robbins teaches a variation of my body of work. And it's that if you have, if in the typical revenue system, by the way, has within it between five and 15 interrelated parts. It has, it can be the, the way you, the market you target, the way you target, the offer you make, what you do when they respond, what you do when they don't respond, what you do if you sell more than one thing, what you do if you only do one thing, what you do to, I mean, there's all these questions and I don't want to get into them on five or 10 minutes, but you look at your system and then you, what we do is take every part we've identified or isolated. We make it produce more because most small, medium entrepreneurs haven't come close to optimizing or maximizing the performance of any of them because they only have this limited type of an understanding. Right, right. No understanding. So I come at it from a thousand industry understanding and it's usually not harder to say, okay, you're targeting a marginal market. Let's adjust that. Okay, your 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 message or your your me your 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 mechanism can be multiplied dramatically. It's not strong enough. Okay, when you get a lead, you have to do this instead of that. Okay, when you get the first sale, you need to offer this as well as set them up for the future. Okay, you only have one product or service. Let's find you partnering products or services that people buy it either at the same time or before or after, or even instead that you can sell to non-buyers and you look at everything they are doing and how to make it perform better first. When you And the reason you do it is the normally that will do two things. In a stable market, it'll throw out a lot more windfall, incremental, newfound income, you know, profits. Those profits can be used to fund the more lucrative replacement or additive. That's the 
the, the multiplied that I said, you maximize, then you multiply. It can be setting up strategic alliances. It can be acquiring other products or services. It can be testing different distribution channels, media. It can be hiring a sales force. It can be, you know, uh, uh, you know, start, you know, creating new products or services. It can be all kinds of things. And again, time doesn't allow, but that's the, that's the basic start. The next thing I would say is there's nobody at any size that couldn't find another company or, or small advertising media or a, a association that they couldn't partner with that had yes. some comp. I mean, I mean, we've done it. We did it one time with show you how easy it is. We did it between an ophthalmologist and a trust estate guy, because neither of them could pay each other legally, but they did a reciprocal and both of them made an extra $200,000. Uh, I've, I've done billions of dollars of that. When I was in the seminar business, we never spent money on advertising. I had everybody from Tony Robbins, Success Magazine, financial newsletters, uh, direct to, uh, you know, to the buyer, booksellers, seminar companies, all partnering with me. Uh, and and we became their business back end. The, it goes both ways. There's a dual valve. Well, who else has a product or service that you could be perfect for that buyer? But the flip is, who else has a product or service that's perfect for your buyer? By just doing those two things and then realize in a downward market, advertising is it stops or slows down. Uh, you know, it happened during COVID. Every radio station had almost no advertisers and they were open to doing very wonderfully experimental and, and creative things. They would do pay for leads, pay for, for a share of the sale, do a trade, reduce price, whatever you want, co-branding. And you've got to look for those opportunities. One last shift before I run out of time. I have a book coming out and this is not a pitch for the book. It's not on the market yet. But the premise is why start a business uh, in this kind of a market when you have a one in 20 success rate, when mm. in fact, you can acquire underperforming businesses using none of your own money. There's 200 ways to do it. And I'm partnering with a guy that's a master of that, but the book's not out. So you couldn't even tell him how to get it yet. But I'm giving you a premise. And you can use my kind of mechanism to blow up the profit and you can sell it every three years for a lifetime's worth of income and you can rinse and repeat. But that same premise applies to growing a business or keeping a business going and growing, uh, surviving and thriving during a downward market. You can acquire complementary business, the same kind of business and consolidate functions a marginal or losing business can be made very profitable if you get rid of all the duplicative roles that you've already got in your business, or you get rid of the business, but you buy the the, the accounts, the buyers, or the products or services if they're unique, or the brand, or the URL, or the or the the phone number. You can buy uh, you can buy sales forces. I've done all kinds of things, but you need to be very inventive, and if you are. You cannot just survive. You can explode in a downward market because most people are reactive. And my parting shot is if you are proactive, strategic, offensive, but, but maintain very, very rigorous control of cash, you can own 
any down economy. And that's my message. Wow. <laughs> well, your message is absolutely brilliant. Again, thank you so much. And for everybody, you know, we're going to we're wrapping this up right now. But for everybody, first off, how can they find you, Jay? And I know your this book is not available right now, but how can they find you and get some more of your wisdom? Well, they can go to Abraham.com. And, uh, and you know, we have we were coming out with programs on recession proving and they're large enough. I do private, but it's expensive. Uh, long-term advisory and profit partnering, but they can go to my website to learn more about it. It's abraham.com. It's easy. You know, we got a lot of stuff, I think, on YouTube and out there. And a lot of people have knocked me off. So a lot of my programs are freely <laughs> distributed by. That's Yeah, that is one yeah. of the beautiful things about you is you got so much stuff and you're you know, for the, for the most part, giving a lot of that away. Also, they can find you on Instagram. Your your Instagram. I'm everywhere. constantly whenever I see this. Yeah, everywhere, everywhere. everywhere. Yeah, but I, <laughs> he's hopefully everywhere. This, hopefully, this this stimulates them to think differently about everything. Yeah. Else. Okay. Increase that range, Jay. Thank you so much, so so much. And okay. again, I I uh, look I forward to working with you again. And this, I treasure and yeah. your contribution you make. Uh, to the to the world and the business world is uh, is indescribably valuable. Thank you. Thank you so much, my friend. Well, everybody, please, please, you know, for for the sake of everybody, meaning that the the more successful you are, you are going to be a shining example for other people as well. And the last thing I want to say is one of the things that that really hit home. Uh, and I know Jay had you said this to me many many years ago, and that is what you talked about those incremental shifts in all those areas, the 10, 10, 10, That all adds up. And we take a look at what we're doing right now and, and don't pull back. This is not the time to pull back and take a look at what we're doing right now and think, how can I make these shifts? And then look up this man, Jay Abraham, and he'll help you do that as well. So again, thank you, everybody. Happy holidays to you in this new year coming up. And remember, this life is exactly what you dare to make it. And fortune always favors the bold. Boldly step up and dare to make your life magnificent. I'll see you at the top. I'm out. This podcast was a production of Angel Phoenix Productions. Explore more episodes of this show or other great shows on the Angel Phoenix Podcast Network by visiting angelphoenix.com. The views expressed in this show do not necessarily represent those of Angel Phoenix Productions or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners.